SED. Missy D. She's so talented, you know. Mm-hmm. So we're going to switch things up a little bit, right? I've started recording podcasts with guests and I have to be really honest here. It's a bit of a nightmare to where I'm now no, no, in no way, shape or form saying anything about my guests. Regretting a little bit that I've decided to take on guests. And the reason for it is it's a flipping pain up the arse to try and record it um, and record it in a good quality. And not even that. It's not even the quality. It's basically trying to find a... a um, a platform that allows you to record unlimited amounts on video and audio. Video because I like to watch my guests, but obviously you're listening to the audio. Um, also to, to kind of keep the video, if I ever want to kind of put it on a public platform like YouTube and stuff like that, right? And to do that, Jesus Christ is a pain in the ass. Uh, Zoom, you have to pay whatever it is, £120 a year. Now, I'm not a conjuice, mucky juice. I am not tight assed. I always have to translate because I know that I'm now dealing with a global audience. I'm not just got Asians, Indians, South Asians listening to me. Uh, I've got like white people, black people, brown people, Chinese people, people in Singapore listening to me. But I will always bust out the Punjabi because at the core of me is a Punjabi girl. In fact, I've got a, a new friend and um, I'm. she tells me I'm a ver- first ever Punjabi friend or brown friend at that I'm not going to name who she is but uh, uh, she also is a a, a a human of a different kind who I would never have thought um, I would ever be her friend and um, I'm, I'm wearing myself with how open-armed I'm becoming to to investigating into different things if you know what I mean <laughs> I'm just trying to not name the person that's all because uh, they're not going to get me to trouble but maybe they don't want to be mentioned Anyway, back to this bullet, 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 bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit because, right? Look, I'm not a tight-assed beep. Uh, I don't mind spending money. But seriously, firstly, like Zoom, if you want to go to the full-blown one, it's 100 whatever it is. Okay, and, and with that, they're not even giving me top-end audio. They're giving me shit audio. I, I would say if they gave me, like, you know, a good 192k BPS and you're going, what the hell is that? Don't worry about it. It's just very clear stereo audio, right? But not just that. It's like nowadays. I mean, do you remember, do you remember the days? And, and I know uh, you're going to pretend that you haven't, but I know you have. You know, a lot of us got cracked versions of software. You know, you could get like your Adobe auditions, your words and all that uh, from a mate going, oh, do you know a mate of a mate of a mate who might have some cracked version? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink for a friend of mine. <laughs> And then you'd get those torrent things where you could download all the um, films and stuff like that. You know, think life was great when you could get a bit of a elag. I can never say this word because it's my word. Illegality, illegality into your life. Right. <laughs> but nowadays, God, is so hard. And not just that, you've got to keep paying at your ass for everything. Absolutely had enough of it. So like, you know, like you pay for your ring. So your ring doorbell, that's 
only £2.50. No, it's bloody not. By the time I've paid for that and I've paid for your cloud is like £7 something. Then you've got my uh, printer ink, right? So you're not... Not only do you got to buy the paper, uh, which is very expensive nowadays, if you want good quality one, then you got to pay the printer ink, right? Then you got to pay. Then I pay Amazon Prime. Then I play Netflix. OK, I had a lie. I don't pay Netflix. I have borrowed my brother-in-law's login. Thank you very much, Sunny. <laughs> That'll come off, though, soon, because you know that Netflix is getting very clever with that one. Uh, so that one's going to finish. So I'm going to have to start paying for Netflix. Not that there's anything on there to pay to watch. And on top of that, you... You know, it's with Asian stuff as well. Of course, we get the odd Asian, not odd Asian, but we get some Asian stuff on the Netflix. But your Asian stuff is going to be on things like Hotstar and um, um, Z5 and all that shit. Then they want you to pay for that one too. £15 a month or, I don't know, 150 quid a month. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just getting too much now where you are now paying £4.80 for deodorant. You heard that correctly. £4.80 for deodorant in Tesco's. Yeah, Dove Invisible is absolutely flipping ridiculous. I'm absolutely sick of it. So going back to where I started, number one is a pain in the ass recording the people, guests, because they are telling me their story and you can't go over. You can't like say, OK, shut up now. You've done your 50 minutes. Go now. You got to be polite. And they could be sitting there talking for two, two, two and a half hours. Number one. Number two, the audio quality shit on Zoom. So I'm trying to find somewhere. Uh, where they've got good quality audio, okay, which I'm looking at at the moment. And if I'm going to do that, then I'm going to have to pay stupid amounts of money for it. Number three, I've then got to edit all of the guests' beautiful musings into about 50 minutes, which is another nightmare. Because like I said, you can't tell your guests to shut up. And it is very interesting stuff. And you know me, I've got a habit of going on as well. <sighs> so then, uh, yeah, once you've edited it, then because you've got the guest, you've got to chase the guest to get the bio, the photo. I told you in the beginning, didn't I, that it's just easier just for me to be on here. So we'll see how this is going to go. I've done my first pre-record, which was a bloody nightmare with my beautiful cousin, Opinda, in Hawaii. And uh, we recorded. Um, and then I was being a stubborn little cow. I was like, I'm not going to pay bloody uh, <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> um, how much was it? Uh, 20 quid or something so we did the 40 minute max maxed it out then came off it came back on it then i had to wait for the audio to convert then i got it back on it afterwards when she spoke to my sister she was like curse can you get your sister to pay for zoom and i'm like uh, i would pay for zoom if it was good enough but it's bloody shit they're giving me a m4a file what the hell is the m4a file that's shit quality that's what it is so that's off my chest now so i don't know I've got a lot of people lined up to be guests on the show, um, one after the other. Uh, but I, I just need to find a good software where I can audio record, video record. Good audio is what I need. I want to keep the video just in case I put it on YouTube. Oh, my God. Right. So that's why <laughs> it just might be the journal of Missy D with just Missy uh, 2.0 and Re2D 2.0 uh, because it's easier, cleaner, and it gives me more time uh, to myself so I can start doing other stuff that I need to do, like uh, more manifestations. I haven't done much manifestations recently and it's bugging me. I haven't done much EFT. 
I have I do it loosely with the guys that I talk to on a daily, weekly basis. Uh, but for myself, my personal pieces, if you don't know what that is, it's basically tapping for yourself. So it's like personal development. Uh, you on a daily basis, at least once should be able to give yourself minimum five minutes to start tapping um, on yourself. Various things in your life that you might think need tapping for the lady that I learned EFT from, she recommended we made a list of 100 things that we could tap on uh, that ha have been negative things in our lives or traumatic stuff in our life. I came up with about 297 ones <laughs> and I said to her, should I just carry on? She was like, uh, Missy, what, maybe just address these ones first and then add on to the list, right? And I haven't um, done any meditations since, you know what, and uh, I haven't, I haven't even started writing my book, which I've planned. I haven't done any poetry. Uh, so <laughs> I have, I had actually, I had one week of not doing Cornelius. What was that about? Uh, it was just a bad week, I think. I, it just, I kind of let loose. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I had a lot of stomach aches as well during that week as well. I don't know. Maybe it was just a bad week, but I'm back on it. Missy D 2.0 is back. Someone called me Missy D 2.5, 2.05 the other day. So I stopped confusing me. <laughs> no, and then another one's called me 2.3, uh, no, uh, 2.0, Anyway, I'd gone up a step and that was Jags actually. Uh, Got to get Jags on here as well. Remember, I don't know if you know, but I was on a podcast with Jags, Chai Time with Jags. You can find her on Spotify as well. And you'll find a podcast there with me on it. And that's a much more meatier uh, version of me. There's like an hour and a half. Uh, and she kind of deep uh, dives deep into the psyche of Missy. So if you want to know more about me, because uh, this is what this is all about, the journey of Missy D, then that's uh, there for you to listen to as well. Why you'd want to know more about me? I'm not an important person, any am I really? Uh, but um, if you do, that's great. So listen, today, you know, like my past sort of like five ep episodes have all been about mostly healing, changing the wave, uh, all that stuff. And, you know, uh, mostly based on me and the healing journey that I'm on. I, I Today, I thought I'm not going to do healing, but I'm going to talk about the alternative to healing where most <laughs> I, I, I've always had difficulty how to describe a bunch of Asians. <laughs> so like, hold on, let me just roll my my chair forward. It always rolls back. Um, so if I was in America and I said Asian, like a few times, actually, because I, I, as you know, I'm half American, uh, half American, got an American passport. <laughs> I have. I know you don't believe me, but I have. I have an American passport. I'm wasting it. I know. Don't even go there. <laughs> so if every time I would mention in America, well, I'm not mention every time someone saw me in America, firstly, they'd look at me because where uh, I lived and also always, always visited is a place called Livingston in California. Uh, which is in the Central Valley by places like because a lot of people like Livingston. What? <laughs> it's by Merced, Modesto, Fresno, uh, those kind of places. Right. Uh, and it's very hugely populated with Hispanics. Um, and they think automatically that you are Hispanic. So the places that I've worked can you believe I have worked in Taco Bell in America? I know you won't believe me, but I have worked in Taco Bell in the United States. And they would go blah, 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 in their Hispanic speech. Um, and I'll be like, uh, uh, British English. 
Punjabi ta bol lendiya, but I can't speak a Spanish ya. <laughs> and they'd be like, what? <laughs> Uh, and as you know, I speak really fast and I got quite a thick British accent when it comes to when you're in America. OK. So anyway, if you if you in America say a- I'm Asian, they then automatically think you're Chinese, Taiwanese, uh, you know, uh, Japanese, uh, Korean, all that kind of business. But I'm not. So here in England, I have to admit, uh, I th- have I said this to you before? I'm sure I have. But just in case I haven't, when I was growing up in the 70s, I endured a lot of uh, racism. Not that I still don't endure racism. I still endure racism. I'm 53 now. But uh, racism was massive then with like the teddy boys, skinheads, the National Front. And uh, I grew up being called a Paki. Right. So if you had brown skin, you were a Paki. That's absolutely what I was called. And they'd be like, fuck off, you packy, go home, you packy, throw bricks into not just my window, everyone else's window. Because I'd lived at that point um, in Crossroads in Folsil, uh, which is a highly populated uh, Indian area. So within our cousins and, co- you yeah, know, cousins, I didn't really have many friends then either. I don't have any friends now. I have friends now, actually. I do. I have a good handful of friends now, which is nice. Um, and a few ninjas. I've even got a Ghostbuster. <laughs> That's another, that's another story. Yes. I have a Bhutani that listens, that listens to me at night. Oh dear. I, can you tell me? I'm in one of those moods. Oh my God. Shut up, Missy. So yeah. Um, so within our family and within our cousins, just for fun, And I know it sounds bizarre to you, but I'm sure when I spoke to other families, they said the same thing. We within ourselves, we called each other's each other's packies because we just thought that if you're a pack, if you're brown skinned, you're a packy. I'll be like, shut up, you packy. (laughs) Honestly, not joking. (laughs) Honestly. And so I grew up in the days of gollywogs on the marmalade jars and stuff. And I never understood the connotations of a gollywog, but it's huge. Brown lives matter. Indian lives matter. Hashtag just not black lives. Anyway, that's another subject, another podcast, right? So, so yeah. So I grew up thinking we're all Pakis, right? I, I never thought of calling myself an Indian or Asian or British Asian until it started coming up on application forms and, you know, write your ethnicity. And it would say Indian, British Indian. At one point, they became British Asian. When, when I started presenting on Club Asia Radio in London. That was like 2000. It was only then that there was like uh, this, this this language, South Asian. It's like, what the hell is a South Asian? And South Asian kind of is like an umbrella of all the people from Asia, like India. And then it was really confusing. Like, do you call Pakistanis uh, South Asian? Because then by this time I had worked out that Pakis were not, we weren't Pakis. Pakis were Pakistanis. Um, but anyway, the word Paki was really bad. I can say it, right? But um, if someone, someone else said it to me, then it'd be like, oh, you call me a Paki? But only you will understand when you are in my position as a brown skinned person, not knowing what they are, having no identity when they grow up in like just a Paki. Then you're a Punjabi. So I was born a Sikh. So I'm a Sikh Punjabi Paki. And then, 
as you grow up, you're you're being told you can't call people Pakis. You've got to call them South Asians or British Asians. Huh. It's all so confusing, isn't it, really? So anyway, <laughs> why did I start this conversation? It was, I always come back to why did I start this conversation? Yeah, so that's the reason I was mentioning it. It kind of comes back to me now, how to describe a bunch of Asians. So how if you say South Asian, does that include Indian, Pakistani, Bangladeshi, um, South Indian, uh, Sri Lankan, um, Tamil? I don't know. It's all bloody confusing, isn't it, man? Because I'm sure Pakistani doesn't come at, or do they? Does Pakistani come at a South Asian? Because you think of Asia and the South of it. I, I've told you this a million times. I'm not an intelligent person. I'm a creative entertainer. A wannabe stand-up comedian, a wannabe uh, chef, a wannabe book writer, a wannabe podcaster. I'm not a wannabe radio presenter because I'm one of the best radio presenters that you can ever, ever get. But I think I'm probably one of your best podcasters. This podcast hasn't gone viral and that's all good. It's fine. It will go viral if it needs to go viral, when it wants to go viral. It is up to the podcast, yeah. So basically what I was trying to do is, in a very long-winded way, I uh, wanted to say... Indians and Pakistanis and Bangladeshis and everything um, Asian, uh, Indian, Pakistani and uh, Indian, Pakistani. There's Indian and Pakistan, really, isn't there? There's two parts to it, really. Isn't there? Or is there more? Oh, my God, it's just too much. I mean, if I, being Indian, can't understand it, how's a non-Indian going to understand it? It's absolutely bloody hilarious. Anyway, the reason I was talking about this is, uh, like I said, I've been talking about lots of healing modalities over the last five episodes yeah and this time I thought you know what today we're going to talk about all those people that don't believe in healing um I'm, I'm going to kind of give this an Indian Asian spin uh, because I'm Indian okay I adore all cultures and all religions I even said yesterday in fact I was sitting there eating my roti roti meaning chapati uh, with kimma kimma meaning uh, Indian lamb mince it was so nice curried lamb right like curried goat like the Jamaicans would eat and uh, I said something like um, something about Ramadan and how uh, I really salute I really do salute those that do uh, Ramadan and they they do the fasts it's it's applaudable it's adorable and it's amazing what they do and also I know that Muslims when they 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 fast in the holy month I think in every month actually I think every Every paycheck that they get, they always give to charity as well, which is absolutely amazing. I wanted to talk about people that do not believe in this kind of healing. They think it's all namby-pamby and they think it's a load of bollocks. And, you know, how can you sit there tapping on your face, even though Missy is all over the place today and she needs to get a shit together on this podcast she loves and, ex and and respects herself anyway, even though I'm a little bit confused of how to put my words out my mouth and get this podcast going. I love and accept myself anyway, even though oh, I've got so much to do and I haven't done any tapping for a long time. I love and accept myself anyway. And you sitting there thinking, how oh, the hell is that going to help you, Missy? Well, it has. OK, so there. <laughs> 
And then all these other things like, you know, uh, which I've already told you about the EFT, the uh, the talking tapping therapy, uh, the therapy with the therapist, the manifestations, um, the letting go of all the emotions, the screaming therapy, the positive mindsets, the hypnotherapies, the Reikis. These are all kind of things that I can help you as alternatives to poisoning yourself with medicine and just healing yourself generally. Right. But. I wanted to give you kind of the Indian spin, which is my spin because I'm Indian, right? Punjabi, British born, born in Coventry at Wardsgrave Hospital. But I've grown up with not just my mum, but lots of aunties, lots of family consulting the Babas. Yes, they call them the Baba or they call them the what the ones in orange clothes. I know you're screaming at the thing now, aren't you? Oh, God, Baba. Oh, yes. These they're called sadhus, aren't they? Sadhus, Babas. Um, all these kind of people. Uh, so for those, this, the audience that are not not Indian, Asian, South Asian, I'm just going to have to refer to us as South Asian, okay? So in our culture, which is probably all of India and Pakistan, right? If things aren't going well, they will go and consult someone who they think is holier than thou. And if you pay them a fee, they can sort your shit out, basically. So rather than trying to heal themselves, they'll be like, oh, no, we'll go to Baba Santa, blah, blah, blue, blue. And we can pay him one crore rupees and he will fix our lives. And trust me, <laughs> I can only speak for myself. <laughs> Throughout my life, my mother has consulted many of these. So she'll always, uh, she believes in astrology and stuff like that. And she, But she also believes in all this stuff. And because she believed, I guess I believed, I've now stopped believing, but she still believes. And her sister believes and a lot of her family believe in, in all these babas and sons. And I have been sucked in and I will tell you my story. Bear with me. Don't worry. So some of them are like, uh, you know, from back in the days in my 20s, you know, she'd consult these men and women who who make out as if they they're kind of like witch doctors and stuff that that kind of thing. Probably the best way to put it is a witch doctor or a Baba, but Baba meaning a holy person or a person that has a link with the spirit world and all that kind of business. <laughs> no joke. When I was younger, my mum would consult them and someone would have given the number of this person to my mum and she'd call them up and say, hello, my name is Rajinder. I would like to talk to you about my daughter. I don't know why I put an accent on because my mum hasn't got an Indian accent. In fact, when she got her job in the 70s, they used to say, oh, my God, Virginia, you've got such a fantastic British accent. That's because my mother, she went to convent school, you see, my darlings. And uh, so she's very well spoken. Actually, to be honest with you, she sounds exactly like me. And I'm going to get her on the podcast. In fact, I could probably get her here much easier to have to use some stupid recording software. I just put her on the microphone. She lives with me. Right. <laughs> so you can hear her accent. So she'd call him and say, yeah, I, I need to talk to you uh, regarding my four daughters. At this point, there was four daughters not married. Uh, we're still three daughters not married. One daughter is married and she, that's the baby one. OK, so can't get married. What can I do? Don't you worry, madam. You come to me on this date and you pay me this much money. How much? Oh, but 150 pounds. You pay them the money and they basically turn around and say to her, listen, one of them, right? One of them, she it was a woman, actually, this one. She came around the house and uh, she had tied this red scarf around some bowl thing somewhere and she'd written all this stuff in Urdu on these bits of paper and she said every day daughter take the paper put it in the water water and uh, she drink it <laughs> and then she had to do some other ritual thing 
I can't remember what the hell it was, right? And by the end of the month, you go to the river at the back of the house. We got a river at the back of our house, right? You take the red cloth, you throw into a river, and inside the cloth, you put in the chilies. <laughs> I'm not making this shit up. And I obviously didn't get married. And that's not one time. There's been numerous occasions. Uh, one incident, this didn't happen to me, this happened to someone else. I'm not going to name their name, but I know them very, very well. Uh, she claims that um, their mum tried to get them married off. And uh, the person, some Baba Bubba, took them into some... It can be quite dangerous, you know. It's not... no. This is not funny. And uh, they took her into a room and did some kind of weird ritual with them with some oils. Yeah, I know. I'm not joking. And according to them, they, they, massaged, they were massaging her nipples. I mean, that borders on abuse. It really does. And it seems quite funny now because that person tells quite hilarious stories about their nipples being massaged just because their mother wanted them to get married. But it's an absolutely true story. <laughs> and then, like, uh, I've, I've written some of them down here, right? Um, oh, gosh, yeah. So there was one, there was one incident that, um, so did it go to one in India? I'll, I'll keep the India one till later. That was Jammu, right? But before that, let's go to America. So America, my Masi is into um, all these Babi people and she calls my mom Didi. Didi is like a, a respectful way to, to speak to your big sister. So Didi is your big sister. Benji is your little sister. And my sisters don't call me any of the above. They just call me B-I-T-C-H. <laughs> they, 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 they don't actually. We're just on first name basis. In fact, this is a true story. Uh, my sister in America, who's one younger than me, she all her life has called me Chapati. Yeah. Your penny hasn't dropped yet, has it? Why would you call me Chapati? Because I was round and brown. Ta-da! Yeah. And she still calls me Chapati till this day. <laughs> But okay, let's go to America. So America, my Masi has called Didi and Didi's gone, um, right, take me to this person. So we drive uh, two hours to, I think it was Sacramento or Sacramento and uh, saw, <laughs> got to this person's house and we were greeted by somebody. We were sat in the lounge and there's a security guard there. And then we were taken upstairs to this bedroom. Three of us, me, my mum, my Masi, I think. So we kind of just did like a double whammy. So he did my mussies first. So he was like, what is the problem, madam? Please deposit money with the man with the over there in the corner. And he was the security man. So she paid her $200 or some some money to that effect. But it wasn't cheap. Right. And that was like for two questions or something. So he goes, what is problem? And she goes, well, you know, my son, my daughter, this because with the mums, with the mums and the dads, uh, it's always the kids in it. They, they, they need to talk to the baba uh, to sort out the kids. This is the problem. They're uh, not getting married or he's with his girlfriend and he doesn't come home. And uh, this baba can sort it all out. Or My son doesn't study at university. He's just partying. <laughs> So he, she said a question and he got, he said, write, write the name on the piece of paper. Write it. Write it. And she, he got the pieces of paper. And this man, right, had this gas burner. I, there's no word. I'm not making any of this up. There was like a gas burner in this bedroom. So he had like a pot of water. And it's like a pot of water. Imagine like one with like a steamer thing in it. And, and he, he got it on boil. And he goes, have you written the name on the paper? 
So he put the, 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 the papers with the names on of the particular people that had the problems, according to Mamasi, which were her son's and daughter, son and daughters. Put it in the water. And uh, so he put the lid on and he let the water, so you can see steam coming out a little bit and stuff, but he didn't let it boil over. And then <laughs> he lifted the lid and the water had gone grey. And it's oh, very bad, very bad. Oh, no, no, no. And then he goes, okay, well, let's wait a minute. And he put it back on there and he, uh, he let, let it boil again. And um, this time, I don't know what, he'd done some kind of trickery thing where he'd picked it up and there was all this shit, like dirty cloths and bits of crap in this pan. And he's like, you see all this shit? This is what is happening in your son and daughter's life. I can make this better. And my, my musty was horrified, going, oh, yik, your hair, meaning what is this? And uh, he was like, yeah, madam, uh, is shit. This is uh, clouding their life. I can fix for you. I can make potions. Uh, one, two, three portion. potions. Potions, not potion, potions. And uh, for this one, each bottle, $120 only. Special price today. So she ended up paying $320 and off she went with the potions and she had to somehow make her kids drink this potion. And if they drank this potion, then their lives would have been better. Fuck's sake, man. Seriously, it gets worse than my mom saying all shit. And I was looking at my mom. I goes, do you know what he the fuck he's doing? He's basically got, you know, remember those? Um, you won't rem If you're young, you won't remember this. But if you're older, you'll remember. Um, back in the day when in the 70s, there used to be like a magic trick set and you get an egg it's like a egg thing. Um, and if you screwed it properly, it would look empty. But if you screwed it back again and you dropped, you clicked something and you opened it again, there was an egg in there. Anyway, it was that kind of thing. I was like, Jesus Christ, this man is doing my nothing. And then my mum would always kind of like call these people, you know, astrologists. Hey, my daughter's not getting married. Same old bloody line. My daughter's not getting married. Jesus Christ. Anyway, bless her. God bless her. She's tried so hard to marry me off. I'm now 53, not married, happy as Larry, honestly. <coughs> and still, she will try to get me married off. Oh, dear me. I think she's given up a little bit now. But today is not about my marriage. Today is to tell you about the alternative healing modalities there are out there. Then you get the babas, right? Uh, where you get, um, oh, yes, your daughter had to get married. You come to me. This one, this one makes me mad because I see all over the world with Asians, Indians, whatever you want to call them, uh, you know, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, all these kind of people. Right. Um, things aren't happening in their life. They can't get the right job. They can't get married. Uh, thing. They can't uh, make enough money. They're not got the big car. They haven't got the big house. You go to them, you give them money. And they do like a kind of ritual and they they write down all this astrological stuff. Then they give you rings. <laughs> and some of you may be listening right now going, shut up, Missy. These rings work. No, they bloody don't. You really got to you got to think about what's going on here. Right. They, they give you rings, topaz, topaz, your sapphire, your this, your ruby. And you wear this on this finger. You wear this in this finger and then you make it in this um, metal. So some are made in silver, some are made in gold, some are made in platinum, some are made in bronze. Honestly, I, I, I think I only used to believe in this stuff because it, I was socially conditioned to believe it because of my mum. 
right? My mum's heavily into this. And so my family and all my extended family are all into the astrology and into the this kind of stones will change your life and all this kind of Baba people will change your life and they can do some magic or they can do, you know, get rid of the evil eye. That's another one, isn't it? All that stuff. I mean, let's not even do that one today. We'll do that on another day. But the whole thing about, you know, and getting some dry chilies and you kind of burn them and... <laughs> When people talk to me about it, I, I sit there trying to have a straight face, but they're going, yeah, so we got the chilies and we burnt the chilies. And what you do, you get the chilies and you just put it around your whole body five times and then you put it onto the gas fire and you let the fire burn the chilies and poof, all your troubles are gone. <laughs> if only life was that easy. And it's easy to believe that. And I understand the kind, kind, the kind of a way that that might might work because you've put a positive thought in someone's mind that if you burn the chilies then your bad worries may go away so maybe that's there is a little element of truth in that but the freaking chilies are not going to get rid of whatever was troubling you it's the positive mindset that all of a sudden you thought the chilies have sorted my shit out and i love the chilies and now i feel better because the chilies have made my life better which comes back to getting rid of limiting beliefs, right? It comes back to believing in yourself and believing um, in positive affirmations, believing in manifestations, believing that your life can change, uh, not because of chilies, but because of you. I'm not wanting to offend anyone here. And I know there's plenty of people that are going to listen to this and come back to me and say, Missy, you're talking a load of shit. And that's fine because that's my opinion. I have gone through the whole chilly phase, the whole uh, rubbing the nipple phase. Not that I had mine rubbed, but, you know, the whole sticking, throwing red cloths into rivers, drinking, writing on uh, out of water, um, doing the gosh, don't eat meat on the Wednesday. Don't cut your nails on the Thursday. Don't wash your hair on the Monday. This shit happens. I'm not joking. There are people that follow it. On a weekly basis, we do, we only eat meat on this day. We don't eat alcohol. We drink alcohol on that day. If you're going to drink alcohol, how's it drinking it one day going to help you? Jesus, it just like ah, oh, it incenses me that they can be so non-intelligent. Sorry if that irks you, but again, I, like I told you, this is the journal of Missy D 2.0, and it's all about me being honest and you me giving you my point of view it may not be your point of view but it's not your podcast it's my podcast um and this is my 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 thoughts my thoughts <sighs> and i'm and, and it's all based on having done all of this right it's it's not based on like you're making this shit up missy i'm not making it up i've been there done that bought the bloody t-shirt thanks to my mother and none of it works none of it is all shit it's all made up bullshit for these people to make money out of you, B, make idiots out of you. you. They're making complete fools out of you. And I'll tell you why, because I've been to the next step, which is in Jammu. So this is a very long story. I'm going to have to cut it really, really short. And the reason for that is because it probably, if I went into intricate detail, it probably take me like an hour and a half to do the whole bloody podcast. And if you've got any questions about it, let me know. But I've got, you know, I've got nothing to do with these people. Anyway, so I had a friend and she one day at work she went, oh, Missy, my mum and dad had a triple bypass surgery. I'm like, what, both of them? What happened? 
And she's like, no, no, they they went to India and uh, and they were told that their heart was really weak and they needed a bypass surgery and they did it that night. I went, okay. And she goes, there's this Baba in, in, in Jammu and he did it. They healed within one day and he did it in a field somewhere. So then my alarm bells are going off going, what the... <laughs> and then as the the... I can't say what the worst thing was because she was lovely um, and their family were lovely. I was actually living with them. So this friend of mine, we were going to set up business together. Long story short, uh, it was something to do with a social media platform, blah, blah, blah. And we decided to go think we decided that we had to go to India to meet all these people because she was uh, she was she had a lot of contacts. Uh, so we decided to go and at the same time my mum decided to go to India as well and she was going with my sister accidentally it's not accidentally I kind of tell my mum everything right and it's like talking to her like a friend but sometimes she's picks she picks up she picks on certain things and she sticks with them so I had already told her about this friend that I'm living with anyway in Southgate we're going to India and uh, she's going to see this baba that her mum and uh, dad had had the triple bypass surgery with in the middle of the night and and they were healed the next day she was like i want to go see them <laughs> Majana, i want to see baba and i was like mom look he's in jammu and so my friend was like well we're going to go jammu anyway because even if we go in bombay i'm going to meet my parents out there and uh, i'm going to go uh, jammu and i want to talk to him as well and stuff so i was like okay so then, long story short, myself, my mum, my friend, her parents and my sister ended up uh, flying to Jammu from Delhi. Was it Delhi Open Job? One of them. Then we had a uh, one of those big cars. Suma, the Sumo, Suma, Suma cars, I think. A big Jeep type car. And we ended up driving to Jammu. Yeah. And we got there. In sort of late afternoonish, about four-ish, it was in the middle of farmland, in the middle of it was barren land, just one little house. And when we got there, there was people started coming one after the other, people in wheelchairs, people who couldn't walk, people were lifting people in the arms that were really seriously ill, and they all started gathering. And then there was they had a beer baba. So a beer baba is like a um a deceased a holy person of some sort that had died and they've got like a tomb of this person and they started doing like um um like rounds of this tomb where you'd go and pray and touch the tomb and offer your um prayers and blessings and all that kind of business uh, so that we were all made to do this thing which I'm really not into as you know but I just kind of went with the flow then we all sat in a room and then all of a sudden there's this man that walks in is smoking cigarette after cigarette after cigarette like chain smoker and this was the baba so he'd walked in with four security guards with guns and he was swearing these are really disgusting Punjabi words, right? Swears that you really shouldn't be saying. <laughs> and that wasn't the full version of it. But anyway, he's swearing and swearing and smoking and smoking and smoking. The people were falling on the floor, even like this girl's mum and dad were falling on the floor, touching his feet. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck are they doing? What are they doing? 
Uh, and uh, he was the important Baba person. And he's like, oh, you know, one person's going, oh, this person, my son, he's a, uh, this has happened to him. He was like, don't worry, don't worry. And then the other person wanted him to touch his head. And he was like, don't worry, don't worry. We, we fix him, don't worry. Then the other one, oh, this happened, this happened. Don't worry, don't worry, we fix him too. Everybody just sabr. Sabr meaning have some patience. Uh, so we all kind of like in this room, and I'm like, fucking hell, what the fuck is this? Anyway, we couldn't move anywhere till till nightfall. So it had to be dark, pitch black dark, right? So we, we're looking at about 10 o'clock at night now. And I'm thinking, what a fucking huge mistake this was. And I'm looking at my mum. My mum's looking at me. I'm like, you're in big trouble because my sister, she wouldn't get out of the car. <laughs> She's like, you two are fucked up in the head. Why the hell you're doing this? I don't know. I can't believe you are doing this. You do my night. I'm not going anywhere. So she sat in the car. It's good for her. So anyway... <laughs> I'm like, I've got myself stuck in this now with this other bloody girl I'm living with. I wish I'd never even listened to her and her stupid mum and dad. Anyway, right. So 10 o'clock, we're all made to walk in a line in these fields, in the pitch black dark, in Jammu. This is like first hand information. I was there. I'm not making this shit up. I'm not. Right. So we're walking down these fields. And you're not even allowed to have any mobile phone with you. You cannot put any torches on. No, nothing. You had to walk. I was crapping my pants by now. My mum's in front of me. I'm thinking she's going to flip and slip somewhere. And then there's going to be a big drama happening. Anyway, you get, you walk for about a good mile or so. And then you go to these like trees, bushes and stuff, barren land. These security people, they put um, white sheets on the floor. And you were made to sit in this circle of white sheets. I'm not joking. So one by one, you're just sitting there. So we're like at midnight now, right? One by one, people are getting called. So they're going, oh, you know, Bingara family, you come. And then they went. And then 20 minutes later, they come back. And one would be like crying. And, oh, thank you, Baba. Thank you, Baba. And sit down. And then the next one, X, Y, Z family. And they went. And once in a while, one of these security guards would come back and they'd be shown like a big heart thing with blood dripping down their hands going, oh, you see, done the heart operation. You'll see very nice and go back again. And in the background, you could hear like these kind of noises. <laughs> I'm not making this shit up. I'm not. Stop laughing. <laughs> it wasn't funny at the time. <laughs> It's funny now. And I'm probably not painting the right picture here. Uh, I need to tell you intricately what happened. Anyways, so then my friend, her mum and dad went. She went. She came weeping when she came back. Then it was mine and mum's turn. Trembling. If you've watched The Wizard of Oz and if you imagine the scarecrow, the tin man and Dorothy walking in that room to the wizard and the wizard get revealed. But before the wizard is revealed, they're shaking like leaves. That was me and my mum. So we went there. <laughs> And so they was like telling me to go first. Like, you, you come here. So they made me walk down this little ditch. This time my shit is literally down my leg. Going, my, <laughs> what the fuck? So the man, he was like, don't open your eyes. So we weren't allowed to look. Keep your eyes closed. Why are you here? And I was like, I don't fucking know, do I? My mum wants me to get married. And that's why she's here. Because she wants to know why I'm not married. And he was like, oh, okay. Turn around. So keep your eyes closed. Turn around. And this man whacked me on my back so fucking hard. It was ridiculous. And he didn't go like that. Whack, whack, whack. He whacked me like 10 times. Whack, whack, whack. And I was like, all right, calm down. And he goes, don't look up. All the spirits have left your body. You will get married very soon, very soon. Don't worry, lucky. And he goes, go. 
<laughs> so I. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I'm looking back at it now. It's fucking ridiculous. And then, obviously, waiting for my mum. Then we had to go to another place. Went to another ditch. And then there was a man, kind of like uh, about nine feet away from us. And me and my mum are standing at the top ledge of this. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't a ledge. What was it? Like a little hill. So we were looking down. And there was a man about nine feet, ten feet away from us. I was like, what is the question, madam? And she was like, oh, I just want to know about my health and about my daughters, obviously. Same old shit, mum, you got to get over this. This is the weirdest part, right? So when he said that, in the distance, I kid you not, there was like, it was like a dancing kind of illusion type of thing where someone might if you imagine like back in the day kind of theater where someone was doing some kind of light show with puppeteers with puppets it was like this little illuminated kind of looked like a lion type thing that i just kind of rose right faintly in the background and i'm thinking some twat is doing that with some kind of um laser light show or something and uh, and and as this thing rose from the back uh, you could hear <laughs> And this, this man goes, okay, wait, madam. I asked the Baba and he's like, please don't speak. And he goes, Baba, she wants to know. She said, he said this in Hindi, Punjabi, whatever he's talking. Blah, blah, blah. Seth means health and all that stuff. And he was like, and then the the the, the, the lion type thing went. <laughs> and he goes, kya? Kya? Kya bolo? <laughs> Meaning what, what, what? And he goes, uh, you are going to live only till July. This was like May, May, July. <laughs> meaning you're going to die. Lekin, lekin, madam, meaning but. Agar apne 1.5 crore rupees jamakia, meaning banked it in the bank. Okay, the 1.5 crore is a far fetched. I don't know, he's asking for like 15, 20 lakh or something like that. Apne. Um, put it into the bank and you donate uh, X, Y, Z uh, dishes and blankets and blah, blah. And aapne puja hamare saath kijiye, meaning do a puja, like a, a religious ceremony with us. Uh, do a, a puja in the morning and that will cost you like 50 grand in, in rupees, blah, blah, blah. Then everything will be okay. Then you won't die. My mum, bless her, she actually became really ill after listening to this. This was many, many years ago. And we then uh, had to kind of sort herself out. She went to go and see someone that she trusted and it all sorted itself out. Meanwhile, go back to my uh, friend after that. And my, uh, me and my mum were just looking at each other and like, fuck's sake, what the fuck is this? Anyway, we had to sit in that bloody, it was like a haunt, hammer house of horror where you went back in. There was like a big hall and there were people on these manje. Manje are like beds. And all kind of blood everywhere and stuff. I mean, but they hadn't been cut. So basically, the conclusion I came to now is that they'd got animal blood and animal guts and stuff. And then pretended that they'd done these whole heart surgeries and this surgery and that surgery. And they were in recovery. And they'd come out the next day with just a few scratches on their skin. It was all a load of bloody bullshit. So the same happened with this girl's uh, parents. The next morning, we were sat there until about daylight, which is about 4.30 in the morning. And I was like, we need to get out of here. Otherwise, I'm just going to walk because I've had enough of this place now. Anyway, she, my, my friend didn't speak to us all the way in the... In fact, I never spoke to her again after that. Spoke to all the way in the car. 
And then she did manage to kind of pipe up that, oh, my mom and dad have donated this much money, that much, this much, that much. They are like really beautiful, humble people. And, you know, we're doing seva for them and they will sort our lives out. <sighs> so do you see? Do you see that fucking nightmare that I had to go through at the Baba in Jammu, which was a con. You can probably Google it somewhere and put Jammu Baba's um, illegal shit, whatever it is. <sighs> All not not my healing stuff, right? Because I totally believe in that. And you might not believe in it and you might think I'm doing bloody bullshit. I'm not. But can you see um, how these people can dupe people who want to change in their life and take a lot of money out of them and a lot of trust um, and they can mess with their minds and make out as if uh, these things will change their lives and all these people were doing was scaremongering all these people by extracting lots of money out of them and then there was like a, a thing uh, like a, you have to come back so you have to maintain this so at least once a year you must be doing a puja uh, especially here and you've got to deposit this much money into our bank account and if you maintain this every year then everything in your life will be okay and i said to you earlier i i understand how maybe someone um of a weak mind might think Okay, so if I pay this amount of money to this Baba people once a year, my life will be okay. And you know, never know, their life probably could be okay because their belief is so high in that, that maybe that would make their life better. Do you know what I mean? It's like a double edged sword. But it's absolutely ridiculous how many people out there will try and dupe you and try to fix you and make you believe that you can be fixed by all this bullshit ritual bagwas, which is just shit. Because I've said this before and I'll say it again. The only person who has the power to heal you is you. Nobody, 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 nobody out there can heal you apart from you. If you want a good life, then you make your life good. If you want happiness in your life, then you ooze happiness. If you want lots of love in your life, then please go and love everybody uh, deeply, passionately from your heart and you will get that love back. If you want diamonds in your life, then shine like a diamond and you'll attract diamonds in your life. If you want abundance in your life, then walk around as if you are abundant. These people, these babas, these sons and these witch doctors and all these cons out there can't do shit for you. But they can manipulate your mind and extract a lot of money from you. These are all business people. The all business people. Not to say that all these people that I've learned from, they're not businesses. Of course, it's a business. You know, where I've learned from from EFT, from, you know, this lady, she's, she's a business. She's got her own business. Uh, she uh, charges people for her services. For And for me, I couldn't say she's a con, but there are other people. Um, for example, just recently, there's been a program highlighting a place called The Lighthouse um, on the BBC, actually. And they have duped a lot of people out of money and they were kind of life coaching. It was a life coaching capacity and stuff. So really, you, you do have to be careful about who you trust and who you give your money to. I'm not telling you who to give your money to. But ultimately, if you do your own research and you go to trustworthy people that you know are good people, then you can invest in those to invest in yourself. And you could probably tell me, well, you know, uh, um, 
Chintu Aunty and Bintu Aunty trusted the Baba who lives in the XYZ bind. And so he's trustworthy. Oh, please come off it. This kind of shit needs to stop. And I think it will. Generationally, I do think it will stop because a few generations down now, the Babas from Babas will fizzle a little bit and all just become digital Babas <laughs> trying to dupe you on the digital platforms and stuff. But um, anyway, I hope you found that <laughs> to be an enlightening uh, podcast about the alternative healing. There is no alternative healing. Like I said, the only healing that is valid is is within you. The power is in your mind and the power is in your heart and the power is in your soul. And that's the only three things you really, really need. And like I said in my last podcast, I'm not no guru. I'm not no baba. <laughs> I'm not even, uh, you know, a qualified anything. I've done, you know, EFT one, two, and maybe one day I will become um, a life coach, maybe, maybe a practitioner, who knows. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm enjoying my healing journey. But please do be careful uh, of people uh, <laughs> that promise to change your life by giving them money, uh, by asking you to wear certain colours, by wearing different rings or different stones, by not eating meat on a certain day, by not... um. Uh, I don't know, combing your hair or washing your hair on a certain day or cutting your toenails on a different day or not having milk on a certain day or only eating vegetarian on this day. Oh, Jesus Christ, honestly, think about it. Think about it yourself. How's that actually going to affect your life? The only thing that really is going to affect your life is good deeds. Do good, get good is what I always say. I am God. God is within me. And if I am God, uh, the only thing that God asks you to do is be kind, be good, be loving and give to others without wanting anything back and without making an announcement about it. Jesus Christ, the amount of people that do seva in this world. Seva means uh, seva is <coughs> helping people, right? Doing things for other people, Um you know, like feeding the homeless or uh, eye camps or um, going out to Syria and helping those in war-torn countries and that kind of business. But if you're going to go there and help them and come back and put posters up about yourself um, or, or, or feeds and stuff on social media and say, oh, look, this is what I did. Then what's the point of doing it? There are people in this world. There are people in this world, millionaires uh, that actually give money all the time and never once even want to reveal who they're giving money to. That is real charity. Seva is charity. Okay, so, and, and that will make your life better. That will make you a better person. And that's probably the way to give yourself self-satisfaction for yourself, to make you a better human. Um, and then, like I said, as Cornelius always says, uh, love and kindness, everything all boils down to being a kind human and giving and receiving loving kindness. And once that happens, purely, purely without want, but without wanting anything back, that is what life really is about. And that's what my job is here to spread the word of loving kindness. And please keep well away from these bloody idiots that are asking for so much money and promise you so much in return. None of them can do shit for you. You, 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 you. Only you can do it, okay? Only you. Time for me to love you and leave you. By the way, I was going to say, if I do have guests on, I'm going to put them on a separate day. So Mondays will be my day of just the the, the Journal of Me CD 2.0 and just me. 
right, with this stuff, because, you know, I love this, right? And if I do have the guests, then I might put them out on a Wednesday or even a Friday or something like that. So it'll be a separate kind of like this is Missy D with the guests kind of thing, because that they will, will take me a long time to record, edit, produce, upload. Nightmare. I know they may not even go forward from here. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see with that. As you can hear, I'm not really feeling the guests, which I told you at the beginning of this. I'd rather just make this about me. Me and my mouthpiece is all that I need. Uh, thank you for all your responses. Thank you for all your love. Keep them coming. The Journal of Missy D at gmail.com. Keep all your private messages coming through on all the social media. Uh, if, if, and if you don't know where my social media is, if you go to www.missyd.love um, and scroll down to the bottom, it will show you what my Facebook is, what my Instagram is, what I, my uh, TikTok. I think it's TikTok. Uh, I don't have a Twitter. So, yeah, love you. And I will catch you next time. D.